Welcome to the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about family obligations. Um, this past week, I had my own kind of run in with what was expected of me um, by my parents in our family. And what I have found is that people who come from very healthy families, they don't see things as a family obligation. They see it as just getting together with family or family just being involved in each other's life. Nothing's really obligated. But when we look at family obligation, that refers to the expectations, the values, and the behaviors within a family unit. So those certainly vary depending on the family, the values of the family, um, but also expectations and behaviors really come from psychological and emotional places, right? So due to how healthy our parents are, uh, will also determine how those family obligations play out. So signs of unhealthy um, parental expectations, right? Especially in childhood. Um, a lot of times those unhealthy expectations by your parent in childhood, um, maybe you were harshly criticized. Um, you were expected to care for your siblings like very frequently. Your parents made you feel responsible for their feelings, for their emotions. You, your needs weren't met. And you never learned how to set boundaries because that wasn't something that was modeled in your family. I've also noticed that in unhealthy childhoods, right? Parents expect that there be no boundaries. Um, it's just very fluid back and forth. So then here are some signs of unhealthy parental expectations in adulthood. Your choices aren't honored or respected. There's a severe lack of communication. You feel controlled. Your parents ridicule your choices, goals, or dreams. You're constantly called names. You have become very self-conscious. Your parents still have unrealistic expectations for you, for your life, and even for the family. There's emotional abuse, gaslighting, or inappropriate comments. And there can also be physical abuse. So let's talk a little bit about what causes unhealthy family obligations. When unreasonable expe expectations were placed on your parents, right, from their own parents, that behavior flows down through the generations. A lot of times, unless they looked at those themselves, those kinds of expectations, how the family um, dynamic worked, 
and decided, I don't like that. I'm not going to raise my kids that way. Then it will continue to move down to you, right? You're going to be raised in a similar way. Um, another can be your parents are unhealthy psychologically or emotionally. What I've really found is insecure attachment, you know, how we attach as children, um, really highlights some of the unreasonable expectations that are placed as well as how those intergenerational wounds can kind of play down through, through the generations. I know from personal experience, um, unhealthy psychologically can also be a parent with borderline personality disorder, uh, borderline narcissism, overt or covert narcissism, um, a lot of unresolved trauma can also keep your parents uh, very unhealthy psychologically, uh, which can also lead in their own dynamics, your parents' own dynamics. It can lead to codependency, limerence, or love addiction, right? And a lot of these things, when they are then passed down, you're expected as both the child, but even as the adult um, of two parents or in a family dynamic, even when you've reached adulthood, these expectations, they don't change much. What I really noticed with my own parents, and I had to tell them uh, at one point in my 30s, and really say, hey, you know, I don't need parents anymore. I realize that you will always be my parents, but I need guides and advisors and mentors in my life. I don't need you telling me what to do anymore. That can be a really difficult thing for them and for anyone, because as you notice these really unhealthy dynamics in your family, it can be really difficult to change any of them. And what I have personally found is I can't change the dynamics of my family. I can only create a healthy family with a partner and with my own children, right? Or create a healthy family with people who aren't my family members, such as, um, you know, friends and, um, you know, that, that close group of a few people that I put around myself. So how have I personally uh, dealt with unhealthy family expectations? The first I would say for me has really been working on my own wounds and unresolved trauma. I realized that my parents both attached insecurely in childhood. I kind of went back and looked at, you know, how my father's parents kind of acted and treated him and kind of how he had an unhealthy attachment style, right? Uh, an anxious attachment style. I've seen him heal some of that, but also still stay very attached to who my mother used to be in the past. So there's a lot of codependency. There's a lot of limerence, that love addiction. And my mother also attached very unhealthy 
Now, she has created, to some degree, a more healthy family than what she was born into. Um, But she developed disorganized attachment. Um, She's someone who is very insecure. Um, And that is kind of moved into, uh, at least this is what I've seen over my childhood. It could have always been there. I don't know if it was, um, you know, biological or whatnot, but she definitely has untreated, unresolved, unhealed borderline personality disorder. And what I have found is that the more that I work on healing my own wounds, the bigger distance between myself and my parents. My father doesn't understand why I can't just kind of smooth things over and pave over the road again when she acts out or acts inappropriately. Um, Another way for me personally that I have dealt with unhealthy family expectations is really doing my own inner work, right? Uh, So part of healing those unresolved traumas has really been um, like soothing my inner child, working with my inner child, protecting my inner child, little Allison, and then also reparenting myself. I've really had to look at some of the dynamics um, and realize that my father operated, at least as a parent, from a much more secure kind of place. But because his relationship with my mother was so insecure, I also really had to look at, you know, who were the parents that I really needed and what are the things that I really needed them to say. And I've had to say those things to myself. And then I've really had to look at the relationships, the intimate relationships that I create and realize that I wasn't given a very solid blueprint, like it was an unhealthy blueprint. So I've had to learn, excuse me, I've had to unlearn a lot of the things that my mother taught me about love. Um, Another thing that I have done to deal with, you know, unhealthy family obligations and dynamics has been to heal attachment wounds. Uh, For me, I also attached insecurely and attached anxiously. And by healing and soothing my nervous system, also, you know, my inner child and, and doing those kinds of things by studying um, attachment style and really realizing what it is, um, why I feel the way I feel, why I always feel clingy or anxious or nervous when anyone kind of pulls away, and then how to establish a secure attachment style, a secure relationship with myself. Um, The other thing that I found is that, you know, the more I've tried to uh, do this, again, the more my parents see it as a threat. Another thing is really deciding what you want. Making the choices that honor who you are. In the past, I would kind of go along with things. Or the advice that I would receive from my father would just be to placate the situation. Oh, well, this isn't always who your mother is. She's only this way sometimes. 
And I just remember the woman that she was, and that's the woman I want back, which now I realize can never happen unless she does her own inner work. And I'm not sure that we ever go back to who we were, right? Our new experiences shape us. But when you are dealing with different kinds of family obligations, decide what you want. Um, I would also make a plan anytime you have to spend time with your family. I always have an exit strategy. So if my mother starts speaking in a way that is unkind or is damaging, I excuse myself. Um, I may spend a little bit of time around a birthday or a holiday with my parents, but having a plan, knowing generally how long you're going to stay, and really having a plan of what you will allow and what you will not. And understand that that plan has to be revised constantly. So the healthier that I become, the more that I work on myself, the more that I uh, study the things that have happened in my childhood, and as an adult, um, study new ways of healing things, the more I realize that um, things will change a little bit for me in terms of what I'm willing to allow or how I respond or react to things. And so making sure that you, you know, kind of have that, that gentleness for yourself, but also honor yourself and allow for, you know, six months ago when you guys got together, you know, maybe you would allow something different. And now you've stepped into kind of a new level of, you know, self-awareness or um, self-healing and those things you can no longer let slide. Another thing that I've done is choose what to share and what to keep private. I used to share a lot, especially with my dad. Um, Then I started sharing a lot less over the past 10 years with my mother, which of course she very much criticizes. You never share anything with me. No. And there's a reason why I don't. Um, because again, her words, her actions can be very destructive. But even with my father, who's much healthier than my mother, I just kind of operate from a place of quiet now, from a place of kind of doing my own thing, keeping my head down. Um, not that I don't want to share, but it'll always get back to my mother. Um, and I don't have to be as open about my life. The more that I've learned to honor myself and my own choices and really become the sovereign queen of my own life means that I'm not the dependent daughter anymore. I don't have to share everything. Not everything about my life is for you to know about. Partly because there's usually a lot of disrespect, especially verbally, attached with that. And the last thing that I would say is um, remove yourself from arguments or other situations uh, when you decide to spend time with your family, right? You don't have to stay part of an argument. If my mother kind of starts up, I will say, 
you know, um, this isn't like the, the way that you're speaking to me isn't okay. So why don't we try to get together at another time, right? Why don't we get together when you can speak in a way that isn't harmful? Um, I became very comfortable with saying no. No, I don't want to do that. No, I already have other plans. No, um, that isn't something I'm going to do. Because again, it may not, you know, the what they're asking me to do may not come from a self-honoring place because I've done it time and time and time again. I've come over for that holiday or I've done that thing. And especially when it tends to be kind of a more of a one-on-one thing. Um, I want to join in and spend time with my family, but I'm also not willing to do it at any cost. I think another thing too that kind of comes to mind is accept that not only can you not change them, like your family, your parent, you shouldn't have to. So realize that they are operating from a very unhealthy place and you need to take responsibility for you because no one else is going to do it. No one else is going to care for your needs. No one else is going to love you. No one else is going to set the boundaries for you. No one else is going to say no. No one else is going to create a plan and no one else is going to heal you just like you can't heal them. And so the more I operate from that place of acceptance, mourn the loss of the mother I wish I had, and then move on from it and say, but this is the mother I have. And I can still love her, but I love her from a distance. And then one of the other things um, that I have done within the last year or so uh, was, I would also say, consider cutting ties. Uh, with people, with parents, whatever, uh, family members that are particularly toxic and damaging. And I have done that. And it's scary and it's hard and you don't want to. Um, but also continuing, at least for me, continuing to live in that fantasy of, oh, but, you know, if I just stick it out a little longer, if I just love her well enough, or if I love her enough, or if I become who she wants me to be, the truth is, you're never going to be enough in that other person's eyes. And that's okay. It's okay not to be enough in their eyes, if you are enough in your own. And you surround yourself with healthy, healing people right? They're working on healing themselves and they're there on your healing journey. And that doesn't actually have to be your parents or family members. And so for me, cutting ties also just means like a lot of distance. Like, um, I don't necessarily want it that way. I have a vision of the family that I want, but that isn't the family that I have. So in closing, I would say the more that we heal ourselves, the more that we become unattracted to the people who are unwilling to look at their own wounds and trauma. They also become less attractive to us or we become less attractive to them. 
And I've noticed this, and that is that the more securely attached I become, oh sure, there are always going to be things that pop up for me, things that trigger me from, you know, being someone who's a recovering, anxiously attached person. Yet at the same time, I have less tolerance for mistreatment now, either the way that my mother speaks to my niece or the way that she speaks to me. And there's more friction now between my relationship with uh, myself and my father. He's an, he's a wonderful person. Yet at the same time, he's clinging to a fantasy that things could go back to the way that they were their first year of their marriage. And they've been married 40 years. Not going to happen. But he doesn't see that. He holds on to these old stories that he tells himself. And what I've noticed is that there's a lot of friction between the two of us. You know, he wants me to change my mind. He wants me to do things his way. There's a lot of just slight guilting and shaming. Just a little bit. Just enough to kind of make me go, hmm, I see what you're asking. I feel you doing that. Yet at the same time, no. And it's less important for me to spend time with them now as I become more healed and healthy. As I heal my own wounds and trauma. And as they continue to be unwilling to look at their own wounds and trauma. And I really believe that we can have compassion for our parents, for these family obligations that they put on us. Um, we can love them, yet we can also choose to not let them in our space. Or choose to do it also on our own terms. And I will say that that takes time and practice. And there are still times when I get it a little bit wrong. Um, and then I say, I don't really beat myself up over it anymore, but I just say, oh, right, right. Okay. I said yes when I wanted to say no, or I allowed to put myself in this space when I knew that wasn't going to be the healthiest thing. Um, so be gentle with yourself as you navigate these diff- difficult kinds of things. I think it's really important to also have that forward-facing view on what we want out of family dynamics in the future, whether we choose to, um, you know, marry or be in a partnership, whether we choose to have our own children and start our own families, or whether or not we choose to create family with really close friends and people that we love and care about. Until next time, have a wonderful day.